Hi, this is Riggs Eckleberry, CEO of Origin Clear, and welcome to the podcast Water is the New Gold, which is based on a briefing that I give every week in a webinar, and it really explores how water is changing disruptions. Go ahead, give a listen, and stay tuned. Okay, and hello everyone. It is the 27th of February, and uh, by the way, it's a leap year. We'll be uh, the 29th this year. And um, it's a pleasure to have you on board. Lots to talk about, so I'm going to cover this. By the way, I really like these um, these uh, audio briefings because they are, you know, very intimate, and I get to talk to you intimately. So let's get on with it. All right. The big news is obviously coronavirus. That is huge, and. Um, what I'm seeing happen is that companies are now reacting by halting operations and restricting employee travel to China. And this is true of the, um, a whole bunch of businesses. We've got Facebook, which even though it's forbidden in China, actually uh, has a, um, a lot of offices there. LG, uh, Nestle, L'Oreal, Cargill are um, discouraging travel. I see that we have, of course, Nestle, the world's largest food company, has asked all 291,000 of its employees not to travel until the middle of March. Domestic travel should be replaced by alternative methods of communication where possible. And then Unilever uh, also. Between them, Nestle, L'Oreal, and Unilever, Unilever employ about 532,000 people worldwide, and the list goes on. Of course, the, air, the airlines are in deep trouble because of this. And um, although some are operating fine, Ryanair is, is operating uh, normally. So it's interesting what's happening there. But in general, there's a pullback by the, um, by the large corporations basically uh, don't travel because one of the issues is you might travel and go somewhere and when you come back, you'll be quarantined. So that's the danger, right? Um, now, what does this mean? I looked today, we're on the zoom platform right now. Well, guess what? I'd looked at the zoom, uh, stock price and it, it was, uh, just, uh, you know, three weeks ago it was at $2. Now it's at $5 and 50 cents. So it has taken off like crazy. And, um, we have also the, um, the, um, the stock market, the good old stock market. The uh, coronavirus, this is the New York Times, coronavirus drives stocks down for sixth day and into a correction. So um, I think frankly that the stock market is slow to react to this because um, we could see where this was going some time ago. Now, what does this mean? Let's just widen our scope a little bit. Let's, let's look at things a bit wider. Today I went to Sam's Club because I had to. I needed something today. Physically went to Sam's Club. I should have gone online, but I just I had to get it today. So, um, and I thought, my gosh, um, there's not going to be a lot of people showing up at these um, stores when they can do it online, right? Um, similarly, restaurants. You'll eat at home more and more um theaters hotels the list goes on so you have oh conferences conventions these are these are businesses that are just going to 
where they're on the vine. They're, play, they're, they're, they're skiing the World Cup right now with no spectators. They've banned spectators. So anywhere where you think of people getting together, there's going to be a pullback. Um, so what, but here's the thing. This only reinforces an existing trend. Zoom was already on a roll. The stock was already doing great. It, it's, I don't know, it was a buck a couple months ago and now it's, it, you know, the, these are existing trends. The trend to online marketing, I already was not buying from uh, um, um, places like Sam's Club physically. I was buying from um, online already. So existing trends are reinforced and that's really the key. So um, let's talk about existing trends because uh, the other big piece of news here is um, I'm seeing all these headlines. So bear with me while I pull this, this logic together. Fort Lauderdale updates residents on the uh, uh, sewer main break at the George English Park. And then we have another one where um, a Pennsylvania man cancels plans to retire in Fort Lauderdale. Why the sewer pipe crisis? And, um, and then we have, you know, horrendous quality of sewage. Um, this story that I read about in, in Lowndes County, Alabama, the same place where that trailer park that we're saving. Um, and, you know, they have um, puddles of sewage in the backyard with human feces. Thousands of the county's residents are in the same situation. Local government won't pay to build infrastructure to connect them to proper wastewater disposal lines. So they're left to deal with the myriad problems caused by living in sewage that bubbles up into showers and bathtubs. 34% of participants in the study of county residents in 2017 suffered from hookworm, a parasitic infection contracted by walking barefoot on soil contaminated by fecal matter. This causes slow development in children, among other things. Lack of sanitation, according to one person there, says it, it um, well, it accounts for a variety of problems in the county. You get the story. Meanwhile, the, um, the, the big projects, for example, San Diego's landmark water recycling project, you know, it's not happening. Why? Because there's big union problems. And so that's ground to a halt. Um, big projects in this day and age just don't happen. Why? Because you've got an already developed landscape and very high labor costs. Um, and finally you have uh, NIMBY, not in, my not in my backyard. So go ahead and try and locate a sewage plant in anywhere near where people live. Just give it a shot. Um, then there's, you know, uh, Johnny Depp has, um, you know, done a, an amazing film about, um, toxic waste, places so toxic they threaten any life that enters them. Some are as small as a few hundred square meters, others spread over hundreds of kilometers. All are man-made, most the result of industrial pollution, and they're growing. That's um, this show called Minamata, and it stars Johnny Depp. Okay, so you get the general story, and that is that um, things are falling together, uh, falling apart, is in sewage. So again, remember what at the, the beginning of this talk, I was talking about the coronavirus is just accentuating a trend that is already occurring, right? Trends away from eating out, trends away from meeting 
in large conferences together, trends away from um, traveling to China just to have a meeting, right? These, these, are, these were already becoming lesser and lesser. And the only reason they were still happening was because, heck, you know, just, okay, bite the bullet, you know, fly for 20 hours. Um, but now there's, real, there's a real reason to do the online thing and to use Zoom as we are. So um, reinforcing existing trends. That's what you got to remember about thinking uh, about what's happening right now. So that's where we come in because what we're doing, seeing here the, 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 is all these, uh, you know, failures of central sewage treatment, central operations. Why? Um, I, you know, last week I showed you a graph. Um, if you want to, you know, go on to originclear.com slash CEO, you'll see um, the, the graph that I was talking about where uh, maintenance, operation and maintenance costs, that is, you know, trying to keep these things going, is a cost that's been rising since 1960. It's now seven times what it was back then. <clears throat> and why? Because no one's investing in these central plants and they cannot. So what is the trend? The trend is towards autonomous water treatment. And now it's going to be accentuated. Why? Because, <clears throat> as I told you, what's already happening is going to get worse. Do you think that capital is going to become available for all these big things when the, 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 there's going to be all kinds of um, money being thrown at keeping people going in, in this tough time? So, you know, it, things are going to be aggravated. And we see two things. Uh, maintenance is going to increase. And also... Um, autonomous, as I call it, autonomous water treatment, water autonomy. As things fall apart at the center, you've still got people at the edge that have to take care of their water. They got to do something. In fact, if they take care of their water, then they can reuse it. And now they got some free water. So um, as the center falls apart, then you've got the edge that starts to grow. This is a trend I've been talking about for since 2016. It's why we invested in modular water systems product line and the patents in 2018. And um, I'm gonna tell you about what, what just happened uh, with, with modular water. I've got an email here from Dan Early, our guru, and I'm not gonna name names. Uh, I just, he says, he says here, I just hung up on the phone after speaking with a certain water company and this water company was following up on a mandate from this particular city in the Mid-Atlantic region that has instructed their consultant to start working on budgeting and design for a packaged pump station using our structural reinforced thermoplastic, SRTP material. The city will no longer use any concrete structures for their pump stations. Too expensive to maintain and replace every 20 years. The city was aware of what we do and instructed their consultant to start work in that direction. So the consultant called the water company, which called us. The city, the key message is that the city is going to adopt this SRTP standard moving forward. This is a huge deal because once the first locality does this, the rest of the Mid-Atlantic region will follow suit. And then as Dan says, it spreads from there to other regions. Now, here's what's interesting. Um, 
we have an amazing angle with our systems. Mike Mann, who is just an amazing commercial salesperson. He's also, he's, he's wearing three hats. Michael Mann is helping to sell these systems and he's, he literally uh, looks like he's bringing in a deal that's collectively worth over a million dollars. Again, no guarantees, but he's, he's, he's the guy and, um, for this client. And it seems to be happening. Um, but he submitted a bid that was saving two to $3,000 over a concrete system, which also saves him almost two weeks of install time. Okay, now here's the deal. If we're able to price below concrete and we go from a two week install to about a two hour install and we still get margins that are 25 to 27, maybe 30%, how can we lose? So these pump stations and, and, and you know, the, the importance about pump stations versus lift stations is important because, you know, what's a pump station, what's a lift station, you know, um, and in general, you know, a pump station is a, um, in fact, I'm going to pull up right now because I just looked it up this morning. So a lift station is specifically designed for the pumping of waste or sewage material to a higher elevation versus the pump station, which is designed to raise water, not sewage, to a higher elevation. So in general, a pump station will be more municipal. Why? Because they're the people who are pumping around all the drinkable water. And a lift station will be typically for wastewater treatment, which increasingly is done, of course, as I've been saying, by the end user. So in this case, you know, um, we're, we're tr the, the device is exactly the same. The pump stations and lift stations are identical devices, but it's what runs through them that calls them differently. So we have an, uh, an opportunity. There's more than a million. There's several million pump stations and lift stations in America, and they all crumble. And so now we have a, a price advantage, and we have a, because, and we have an install timer advantage. And why, why are we, why is it cheaper? Why is it last? Why is it uh, faster to install? It's because it has a, we've standardized the design. These, you know, Dan Early's product line is highly standardized. So there's all those engineering costs go away. There's just, it's like when I went to Sam's Club, I went and got, you know, an item at Sam's Club. I didn't have to pay for the services of designing it. I just bought the box, right? And so that's, that's what this is about, is that we have these, these uh, you know, sell them like pancakes. Now, um, you know, Ken Berenger just, just piped up to tell me something very important and he's, he's right. There's something called contingent liability. And that is you buy something now, let's say I buy um, something that, that lasts me uh, a year, right? I buy a cheap device. I go, okay, you know, fine. I'll just need it for a year, but I, buy that same thing five times in five years, well now, if, you know, even though I save money on it initially, it's costing me more money. Plus when it breaks down, it's a hassle. And plus, you know, I've got, um, you know, probably inferior performance as well. So rather than go for that, um, you have, you basically um, save 
a huge amount of money. And we calculate it's $400,000 for every $100,000 spent. So if you spend $100,000 on a concrete system that will die in you know, 20 years versus the same amount of money spent on a system that will last 100 years, and we think far more, but let's call it 100 years, then you've, your life cycle cost is really a good way to put it. Your life cycle cost is dramatically lower. So now here's the thing. Who's going to care about life cycle cost? They, yeah, they care, they care. Okay, they care, right? But the price is lower and they, don't, they save on the install time. So it's a win-win. And that's why we're starting to just kill it on these proposals. So that's really good news on the, on the uh, pump station slash, slash lifting station business. And I predict that, well, in fact, we're going to make it happen because we're going to do another killer video and we're going to go out there and um, our videographer who happens to be my brother, Steven, who um, he's a feature film director and editor, but he also does our videos and he's, he's going to go out and, and, and interview you know, municipalities and companies that are dealing with these. We, we're talking to companies that, or, or municipalities that are installing fiberglass systems that are literally falling apart as they're being installed. They're cracking, they're this, they're that. And so we can get these people to speak up about this problem. So obviously people have to finally replace their pump stations and lift stations. Why? Because they end up, after a while, they're leaking so gosh darn much that literally you just have no more water pressure. So you have to do something about it. Okay, so that's that part. And you know, we're, it's, it's more of this water treatment at the edge. Now, um, you know, we are, um, Ken, Ken really put it a great way this morning. And that is, the only thing we've changed is where, where water are treated is, where water is treated, not how. Picture this just adding millions of tiny micro utility locations at the point of use, all like leaves at the end of the central infrastructure tree. All these leaves, quote unquote, are bought privately by business. It doesn't have anything to do with the central system, except it dramatically alleviates the current overburdening by shifting capacity to the edges. $1 trillion added in the next five years, for instance, just adding leaves to the tree. So, when a trillion dollars, and you know, no one can know yet if it's a trillion dollars over five years. That's that's it's it's a concept because frankly, um, you know, it was hard to tell where the electric car revolution was going until it happened. So anytime you have high disruption, it's very very hard to predict what'll happen. But what's great about the growth at the edge is it happens in small increments. I can't tell you what a hassle it is to work with a team that is pursuing a huge, vast deal. We have, we've got one going right now and it's huge, it's vast. And, you know, we tend to get those, progressive water treatment gets those. And, you know, um, it's part of Mark Stevens's business and, and Mike Jenkins, his VP of sales, very good at it. But to live through the process of getting these big deals, you know, it's like, it's like um, you know, the snake trying to swallow the, the pig, right? It's just this huge lump much more digestible is a lot of small deals with businesses. And that's where, you know, we have uh, this fantastic uh, trend. So again, reinforcing the trend. Now, let's say that 
let's take a worst case scenario, all the capital, even, even capital for small stuff at the edge, just everything evaporates is worst case, everything evaporates. And I don't think so. Why? Because it's an existing trend that will be enforced, but let's say it's not. This is why we are heavily investing in service because, okay, you have to, well, you know, for example, people are not going to go to restaurants. Well, they still got to eat, right? So they're going to order in. So, you know, one trend loses, another trend gains. And right now, smart people are looking at all over the stock market, looking for the non-obvious things, right? What are the non-obvious things to do? And, and, and to invest in those. And this is what's happening right now. So in water, let's say, oh, you know, big capital equipment buys go away and all the, you know, big players freak out and so forth. And, you know, movement to the small units, that's fine. But regardless, the water is still going to flow. When you have a dialysis machine that uses a, a membrane system and it has to operate at 99.8%, whatever it is, purity, maybe higher, 99.9%, or even, you know, in the case of a chip fabric, fabrication, a chip fab, you're talking about a hundred percent clean water. Um, they're not going to stop operating, right? People have kidneys; they still got to have dialysis. You know, they still got to do that. It still has to happen. Bodies have to keep running, and so they're going to replace their membranes. But whereas before, they they would they were just replacing it brand new. Now they'll replace it with refurbished. They'll take that membrane, send it in to be clean and get it back. If the membrane cleaning company has the ability to deliver the same standards. And this is what we think is an amazing opportunity. And we're, you know, working closely with a company that's a close partner of ours. And uh, they already sent us a huge amount of business um, and we buy from them as well. And they're in the membrane cleaning business and um, they're seeing exactly what I'm talking about. They're seeing um, companies that normally would just buy new, buy new, buy new are going, well, you, you know, because you have such high quality, we can actually use you. You know, this particular partner of ours for example, I'll just talk a little bit about the process because last week we, we, Bill Charneski and I visited and we, we learned it in great depth. Um, you know, when, it, when a membrane comes in for, for cleaning, normally companies um, test them afterwards. Well, he tests before and after. And then when they test afterwards, they test three at a time and just use software to kind of get the average he tests every single one on the out so that the, it's actual purity and the actual performance of that membrane is guaranteed. Why? Because he, it was each individually measured. And a, a whole sequence of things, which means that he has got the quality and he's not a high-priced operator. He, he's very efficient, does a great job. Um, uh, economically, in other words, it's, he, he's, he's, his pricing is fantastic. He can sell to our Texas company for resale. So Progressive Water can buy from him, resell the membranes, and it's cheaper than Progressive Water doing it itself, and the quality is better. Now, membrane cleaning is, is, is uh, a part 
of the water service sector. It's probably the easiest part because it's the most universal. A member is a membrane. Now there's more, much more specialized parts of the service industry, which uh, was called in general field service. And that's an area of amazing opportunity, but it's an expert activity and it's not something you want to step into lightly. In fact, we don't even want to invent membrane cleaning. So we're working on a strategy to enter this space in partnership with this um, operator. And uh, because nothing's been announced, I'm telling you this as a uh, potential situation, not as anything that's done a done deal. But it is, um, we're very, very focused on getting into the service space with what you might call the low-hanging fruit. Because that is a trend that's going to take off. Because why? It's already happening. And things like coronavirus are going to make them happen even more. That's the logic of it. Let's take, for example, pig manure treatment, right? China just shut down. Well, China needs, and they already had a big problem with swine flu. Half of their half of their pigs are being slaughtered. And so they're starting to import lots and lots and lots of pork. So we were in October in, in, um, in Spain and sure enough, they, they're on a roll. They are, they are building, uh, you know, pig farms and they're really factories as fast as they possibly can. And literally they're just, um, you know, making these, they have to be, you know, located at least one kilometer from each other. And so literally they're just making little dots all over the countryside, one kilometer radius, and there's just pig farms everywhere. And so we just had a report from our partner. Um, and this is Eduardo, the director and founder, one of the founders of um, Depi Pork. And he says, um, we are receiving a lot of cons- uh, customer requests and planning visits to the pilot plant. We expect a quote tsunami unquote in the second quarter of 2020. Grain of salt, we're not predicting a tsunami. Eduardo's saying it, and again, it might not happen, but they're getting, you know, if, you know what they're saying is if I, can, if I can meet them, I can get them while they're meeting them. So a lot of customers are showing up and planning business to the pilot plant. Um, also receiving recognition from local business organizations, such as the European Center for Innovation Enterprises. And in fact, they're planning to put their headquarters there, which is cool. And he says, it's crazy. Once we have demonstrated the results of the system, everything has exploited in the positive way. I think that's him writing basically that once people see how it operates, it's, it's, a, it's a no-brainer. Why? <clears throat> because, you know, it's a zero-waste system. You know, the, the manure flows into the system and out of it comes two things. On the one side, this beautiful... Um, rich brown fertilizer, lovely stuff that is so rich and, and organic, right? It's, it's not a chemical in any way. It's potentially organic if you feed the, the pigs that way, but even if it's not organic, it's certainly natural. And then on the other side is the purified water, which is generally purified only to the point where the ammonia is removed from it, but it still has nutrients, which will be very good for the ground. So, the ammonia is taken out and, and toxins and so forth. And it's almost clean, but it still has nutrients, which are valuable. 
so these are two valuable products that come out of what has been a toxic um, problem. And not only is this happening in Europe, but now we're starting to make it happen um, in, uh, in the US. We have a, a partner in Wisconsin that is very excited about taking this to market and has got close relationships with dairy farms up there. Again, nothing guaranteed, you know, but the um, lot of action. Now, why, again, you know, you have to think about, well, what's the big deal about pig manure effluent treatment? Well, China is in trouble. And when China's in trouble, then they become, you know, dependent and all kinds of things. So what's already happening, which was that pig, pigs were, were literally being uh, grown less and less in, or they were being killed because they had virus infections in China. This will now be aggravated by the whole economic problem and the problem that China has of operating. And this will lead to a boom for um, our Spanish partners. So I think that's really, for me, it's a really good way to look at um, what's going to happen in the next few months. Now, I want to clarify everything that I've learned about coronavirus is it's a bad flu. It, most, most people will just have, you know, a mild, it's, it's it, literally, I was, I was reading an article that said, a New York Times, I think it was, that said, um, coronavirus is not a, is not a bad disease, and that's good and bad. And the article was saying, well, it's bad because if it was really bad, then people would shut things down. Um, but the, but I think the other way of looking at it is, is it's not a terrible thing. You know, getting hit with a coronavirus is going to be like a flu. So that's, that's not what I'm talking about. And I don't think you should worry too much about the disease itself, but it's definitely going to take existing trends and reinforce them for us in the water industry. It's about, um, increasing the trend towards treatment at the edge, less central, more edge. Um, and then it's also about an increase in service because of a lack of main, of a lack of, of spending money on, on the systems that have to be built. They have to be built, but they're not. And so there's, and people are stretching their lives and also they are somehow surviving right on the, uh, at, at the, at the point of use. So that's, a, a, you know, the way we look at it right now. Um, we find this a very exciting time for us. Um, you know, that, that great fortunes are made in recessions. And that's because a recession has a lot of losers, but it also has a lot of, has a, perhaps a few winners. It has, and, and if you can pick them, then you have a win. The problem is Zoom has already popped up as a stock, right? Gold is already up. All these, all the standard ones, it's already baked in, right? But I think that people are only now just realizing some of the things that can happen in other spaces. And this is why we're so excited about what's happening in water. And, and what's great about the, 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 what the offering that, that we're both doing right now for our credit investors and also coming soon for our unaccredited investors and remember, this is not a pitch for the unaccredited thing because uh, we've just done a filing and, and it's not approved yet. But they're, they're very similar in the sense that they are not about paying for stock. 
they're about essentially becoming a lender to Origin Clear, which is, you know, based on in the case of the credit investment uh, portfolio, it's it's the um, it's secured by our operating um, units in Texas, and and it has um, a interest return and then a stock bonus or conversion or call it what you will, but you're mainly being a very well compensated lender to Origin Clear. We think that's a very conservative way to go. Again, it's where things were going. Even before what's going on right now, I was hearing that, for example, if you wanted to sell um, an offering abroad, it had to be backed by hard assets, had to be secured in some way. Well, that is simply going to continue to increase. And that's why you know the, the offering that, um, that we've been putting together, the two offerings, the one for people who have, uh, again, what's an accredited investor? It means you're uh, individually making 200,000 a year or um, jointly 300,000. And then, um, I believe it has to be for the last two years with the expectation it's going to continue. And then, or you have a net worth of a million dollars excluding your home. Um, and then the other, so if you're not that, then this new unaccredited offering is going to be very interesting. And it will enable people to put in as little as $500 and um, benefit tremendously um, with something that is very conservative. Well, that's it for today. It's been a great pleasure talking uh, again. And, um, you know, we're now getting ready for uh, the first Thursday of every month. We were kind of doing a, a video webinar kind of hectically the whole time before. And um, we're not doing that anymore because it's, um, you know, it's, um, it's not something that's very, um, you want to do things right. And so what we're doing here is we're going to um, once a month, do it right, produce it. Uh, our permanent guest will be the inimitable uh, Tom Marchesello, who's just a rock star. And uh, people love him because, you know, he's Mr. Reality. He's just fantastic. So um, join me next week and it will be nicely produced, um, same time, etc. first Thursday of every month. Meanwhile, it's been a pleasure having you on board. Thank you for joining, and I wish you a very good weekend. Good night. Well, that's it for this podcast. Thank you very much for joining and I hope you stay subscribed. If you'd like to interact with me, give your ideas, ask me questions, it's live every Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Just sign up at originclear.com slash CEO. Take care now.